0: The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand, the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded.
1: What if it had been anthrax? Yeah, we still don't know who was responsible for dropping off a bag of cocaine at the White House over the weekend. The name Hunter has come up a lot because he's, you know, kind of has a history with cocaine and dropping off incriminating evidence when he's high. But uh, we're being told now it couldn't be anybody in the Biden family because they were at Camp David over the weekend. Well, there's a video that's gone viral showing Hunter on the White House balcony watching the fireworks Tuesday night. And he looks like he might have found something to get high on. But that's just speculation. Now, first, we heard that it was found in the library. Whatever, there's got to be a few of those in the White House. But anyway, it was found in the library, an area where lots of work is done by the staff. Then we heard that it was in an area where visitors, including tourists, I guess, drop off their cell phones. Now we're hearing that it was in another area that also sees a lot of traffic. Secret Service is working on this. You would think that there are a few security cameras located in key spots in the White House. I don't know, maybe that's just me thinking that that would be the case. But And they would be there, especially there where, you know, lots of people are passing through. But somehow the same people who still haven't figured out who left the pipe bombs under a park bench on January 6th, or who at the Supreme Court leaked the Dobbs decision, they say they hope to have it all figured out by Monday. Uh, Is there any reason to believe anything they say on any day of the week? And this is cocaine, you know, it's, it's a party drug. Not a good thing to have lying around at the White House, but unless someone decides to uh, put it up most put it most put most of it up their nose in one sitting nobody's going to die but if they had found a bag of anthrax that could kill lots of people would we still be waiting until Monday to find out find out where it came from you know it's almost like they really don't want to find out where it came from how much do you want to bet the answer is going to be we don't know not to be cynical anyway when we come back it was a big story when a democrat candidate for governor of Pennsylvania was promising school choice and josh shapiro might have gotten a few votes from from republicans when he did but as it turns out he was lying we'll have a member of the pa senate here to talk about what happens next and in our second half hour a guy who's written a handy guide for anybody who wants to count the ways that joe biden has contributed to the end of america's energy independence stick around
2: Execution scheduled for 11 p.m. Nefarious, the
0: number one movie on Salem Now. He's trying to convince us he's gone insane. And it's evil. Incarnate. I'm a demon. Demons aren't really a thing. Nefarious, the Christian movie based on the book by Steve Dace with Sean Patrick Flannery and Jordan Belfi, rated 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Help me. I'm trying to. You have to tell me the truth. Here's what Kirk, Tatum, and Prager say about Nefarious. A modern Dave screw tape
3: letters. Teenagers especially should see it. It makes you think about the true nature of evil and scares the heaven right into you. It is a fascinating movie. It's absolutely gripping. Nefarious.
0: Is he insane? Is he pretending? Or something much worse? You should
3: have accepted my offer, James.
0: Nefarious. Rated R. I think it's time we tell you exactly what it is that we'd like you to do. Watch it now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com.
4: Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool but my dad taught me a thing or two about homes
0: you mean all those times i talked about waterproofing you were actually listening
4: absolutely i'm like alexa
0: okay so how does jandy waterproofing protect your home
4: by keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home and by not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow pretty good dad i wasn't finished oh sorry and J&D Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage.
2: I couldn't have said it better myself.
4: Got water problems? Don't cry. Call one eight hundred Very Dry.
2: J&D Waterproofing. One eight hundred
1: Very Dry. Mike Lindell has an amazing offer for my listeners on his Giza Elegance My Pillows. You'll receive a Giza Elegance My Pillow for as low as nineteen ninety eight. Regular price is sixty nine ninety eight. dollars 98 This MyPillow comes in four levels of support. You'll also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as MyPillow towels, mattress topper, MySlippers, and so much more. This is John Steigerwald. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the Giza Elegance MyPillow for as low as nineteen ninety eight. or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty, so you know it's going to last and a 60-day, money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want, but need. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his Giza Elegance My MyPillow. That's MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call
2: 800-716-8087.
5: Wesley is a truck driver.
2: I drive a truck, and I love
5: what I do. A truck driver with IRS troubles.
2: They told me I owed them $43,000. It got really bad. <laughs> Quite a few letters in the mail. They were talking uh, about wage gardening, coming after my house, my car. Yeah, they, they don't play around. I seriously thought that I was going to lose everything.
0: One sleepless night, Wesley finally made a call to Optima Tax Relief at 2 a.m
2: figured i'd get a machine but i didn't i actually got to talk to an actual person in the middle of the night
0: he found just what he was looking for
2: oh they were great people you need a team of people that know what they're doing optima tax they know what they're doing
0: optima tax relief came through with flying colors
2: i saved an incredible amount of money happy don't even come close i was absolutely
5: overjoyed take wesley's advice
2: if you're in any kind of trouble with the irs call optima tax relief Don't trust anybody
0: else. Call Optima for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer.
1: Well, it was pretty shocking last year when Josh Shapiro, a Democrat uh, candidate for governor, uh, promised to support school choice. And it's probably not shocking to anybody to find out he's not going to deliver on that promise. That's what we want to talk about now. We're going to try to talk to uh, Senator Chris Dush, who represents District uh, 25 of the Senate. And uh, we're trying to put the call through to him now. But uh, this is a pretty big story because it was a big deal. I guess if this would have happened, it would have been, there's been a lot of school choice wins in red states. But this would have been, I guess, the first. Blue state that would have uh, gone for uh, for uh, school choice, but it it, it didn't happen. So um, we're going to find out <laughs> why that didn't happen, and it's a it's a pretty complicated thing about with the way that it works between the House and the Senate in Pennsylvania, and it involves a, a line item a line item veto by uh, Shapiro. It's all pretty complicated. But it seems to me, anyway, to come down to just uh, the governor promising to do something and then backing out. But uh, Chris Dush is uh, with us right now. And as I said, he represents District 25. Uh, Chris, I I appreciate you doing this on short notice. Thanks for coming on the show.
3: Uh,
2: No problem. I'm glad to do it. I'm sad that it's uh, under these circumstances. but
1: Yeah. Well, what was the promise, and how did he renege on it?
2: Well, uh, just like several other programs, uh, we were pushing through uh, Lifeline scholarships for the kids. It's been renamed, but uh, we've got level-up funding. It doesn't have uh, the programmatic language built through yet. Uh, The Fresh Food Financing Initiative that he wanted, historical disadvantaged uh, businesses and stuff, they don't have it. The agreement was all these things would go through uh, and we'd get the budget done and then work with the Democrats in the House to get the, uh, the governor, along with the Senate leadership, would work with the Democrats in the House to try and get uh, the language ironed out. Well, uh, it was interesting in the appropriations hearing the day before uh, we passed it over in the Senate We had every major public sector union, not the trades, but the public sector unions, uh, were packing the appropriations hearing, uh, just to send a message, uh, Tony Williams ended up being the only Democrat to stay on the bill over in the Senate. And then, uh, they, they apparently put some heavy leaning on, uh, the house members and, uh, and the governor just backed out on us. I mean, he, he just he came to an agreement with Matt Bradford uh, over in the house and uh, decided, okay, go ahead, just put it through. I'll do a line item veto on it. And that... He's using his veto pen as a sword to slash the hopes of all these parents in the bottom 15% of uh, performing schools that were looking to get a way out for their kids.
1: So... Uh, when you guys in the in the Senate uh, voted on it, when you passed it in the Senate, you thought it was a done deal, and that, hey, we're, we're going to get this uh, program, it's just a matter of working out the, the details, and then it gets to the House, and then they put the kibosh on it?
2: Yeah, well, the governor had agreed uh, to fund all of these things in the budget. I mean, like I said, there are a number of bills in there. His excuse was, well, there's no program language uh, in one of the code bills to uh, tell us how to, uh, how to fund all this. Well, there are a bunch of bills in there that have the same thing. And he's not threatening to line item veto any of those, including a couple of pet projects. So, and the, what's really astounding is saying all the time, he worked with Tony Williams, a uh, Democrat out of Philadelphia senator. Uh, he worked with Judy Ward. They worked to get the language done so that it would be something that would be agreeable, and uh, he turns around and, like I said, it was, it was a knife in the back to everybody who was working on that.
1: Well, uh, the story just came across uh, the the uh, online from the Post Gazette site. It says five oh two here, so this must have just happened. Maybe you're not aware of it, but Mister um, uh, says here, Mister Shapiro on Thursday pinned the blame for the still unfinished process squarely on Senate Republicans. This is the quote, Senate Republicans did not close the deal with their House counterparts. Um, and uh, Mr. Shapiro said at a news conference, dissecting a budget negotiation process that typically involves the governor's office of the majority party from each chamber of the legislature. And so that's what he said, that, that uh, he's blaming the, the, the Senate and he's, well, he's blaming the Republicans. No, well, he's not blown, surprising.
2: Blown in his own argument, first of all, it was an agreement between us and Shapiro on getting this done. He knew it was coming over there like this. And uh, I mean, Matt Bradford and the Democrats in the house, they couldn't get their crap together for anything. They, they sat there not doing anything. When Matt Bradford came over, when are you going to send us the budget uh, to uh, leader uh, Pittman? Pittman had to remind him that the spending bill initiates in the house they got control but they don't know what the heck to do with it. Well, they don't even Yeah, go ahead. No, it's just it's obvious they don't know what they're doing number 1 and they're so ideologically driven that even though we had agreed with something with the governor uh, they have just totally uh, put their foot down and said even to the governor that what you, we're not going to we're not going to work with you even well, and so his, his solution was, well, I'll cave to them.
1: Well, Republicans control the Senate by 28 to 22. The Democrats control the House 102 to 101. That's pretty pretty close over there. Um, but this thing passed, I'm reading this here, in the House. A lot of Republicans voted for it in the House, correct? The Or no, am I wrong about that? The, uh, one talk- uh, vote was one seventeen to eighty six in right. the House late Wednesday. Is that are the Republicans in the House voting for this, knowing that sh- that it wasn't going to include um, uh, school choice, or no?
2: What they did was they voted for it. The ones who voted for it voted for it because it does have the lifeline uh, scholarship program. It's just hero threatening to uh, uh, okay. line. Okay. So the no votes. The no votes were protest votes based on. What Shapiro says he's going to be doing, the uh, the yes votes are the ones that are there in case he can have enough parents from Pennsylvania uh, putting the pressure on him over the next several days to prevent him from doing that veto. So and back, that's what. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's what we need. We need the parents in these uh, uh, these failing school districts to start ringing the phone off the hook or showing up down there uh, over the next several business days at the Capitol, demanding to see them and demanding to say, uh, hey, you've got to give us the lifeline. It's worth taking a bus or something to go down there or just to make the phone calls. They need to be making these phone calls. We're helping the, po- the poorest kids in the, uh, the most underperforming schools have an escape route and he's he's just bowing to uh the the public sector unions, uh, in particular PSEA and AFT who got the others all together. And the problem with this is what they know is the places where this has been tried before, it works and it forces those schools to uh to either be competitive or they end up getting shut down.
1: hmm This is a good thing. Um so what happens here now is that at some point, if this, if the, if the, um, if the uh, process just goes along the way it's supposed to, at some point he's going to have to actually use the line item veto, and can you guys in the Republican on the Republican side use that politically? Because it, it's still going to be him that's going to be putting the kibosh on something that had been passed. Is he going to suffer yeah, politically I mean, for that?
2: Look, it's going to be obvious. He's gone back on his word. I mean, everybody, that was uh, a couple of comments that were made on the floor uh, last evening, Seth Grove and uh, uh, Clint Owlett uh, over in the house. The, the the handshake deal to get things done, uh, apparently that's gone. And Shapiro, that's right at his feet.
1: Yeah, it's, but but he's going to actually have to, at some point, when does it come to his desk where he actually physically has to veto
2: it? Well, if it would, uh, if we were in session, um, the, it would be within 10 or it would become law mm-hmm. and business. But it has not been spread across the desk of the Senate. And uh, there's a, until we come back, uh, I don't think that, uh, the Senate president has the ability to do that to read it across the desk. So that's, I think that might be an option, uh, but it it can be a delaying action. But uh, once it's read across the desk, he's got got 10 days. Now, the interesting thing is, like I said, this gives enough time for people to get mobilized.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: All these folks who have got their kids in these failing school districts have to, absolutely have to be burning up the telephone to the governor's office. Sending the emails. Would, uh, would the sure. would
1: would the Pittsburgh City Schools? I know that's not in your district, but would the Pittsburgh City Schools um, qualify as a failing school district? Uh,
2: I know there are some districts, uh, some schools in those in, yeah, in
6: yeah.
2: the area, uh, both in the southwest, the southeast, central. It's interesting. Uh, I've got. As far as districts go, my, my median family income is way below uh, other areas of the state, but we don't have a single... I've got a district the size of Connecticut, and uh, we don't have a single school in that bottom 15%. Well,
1: that's interesting. Now, uh, I do see that the... And you mentioned this, uh, uh, the, the Pennsylvania State Education Association, PAC, donated $775,000 to the Shapiro campaign. And they donated over a million dollars to Democrats who were running for the legislature last fall. Any chance that had something to do with Shapiro caving?
2: Oh, I'm certain of it. I mean, I can't tie a direct link, but uh, there's always that follow the money thing.
1: Yeah. Do you think Shapiro ever had any intention of allowing school choice to happen? Or, or was this the plan all along that he knew that he could pull the uh, the line item veto out of his pocket at the last minute?
2: Well... Uh, What I will say is this. I don't know if it's a plan, if it was the plan, but uh, given the fact that he did go back on his word, I don't trust a single thing out of him. So I wouldn't be surprised.
1: We're talking to Senator Chris Dush. He represents District 25. And uh, it looked like for a while there we were uh, on the verge of getting school choice in Pennsylvania. So what do you, what's your next move for the Republicans, uh, and how far away
2: is school choice now as we sit here today? Well, I will say this. In nine years in the legislature, I was six years in the House. Uh, I'm in my third year now in the Senate. Uh, Kim Ward and uh, Joe Pittman uh, are the best leadership team I've seen in the legislature in the time that I've been in. Uh, I have a high degree of confidence in them. I know they're going to be working to try and uh, to do what they can to make this come about. They really do care about each and every child that can be saved with this. And uh, that I know it's very high on their priority.
1: Well, while I have you here, and again, we're talking to Chris Dush. He's the uh, uh, senator from um, District 25 in Pennsylvania. Uh there's a, this is a story and this doesn't this doesn't include uh, your district but it's uh, for people listening here and and it's and it's of some interest to anybody who lives in Pennsylvania or anywhere for that matter. This is a story from Newsmax, okay? Um, yeah. I'll read I'll just read it to you. The Pittsburgh Public School District is reportedly pushing educators to teach critical race theory in the classroom through the use of quote racial equity learning resources that claim America was built on racist ideas and economic greed. Listed under the quote-unquote character development section of the district's programs tab on the website, the racial equity learning resources provide teacher training on such topics as discussing whiteness and culturally responsive teaching. Uh, In lessons developed from concepts in the book, students are asked to explain how America's government is emblematic of the statement, quote, racism is the bedrock of the usa and it goes on i think you know where i'm going with this um i would if i'm a uh, um a parent in a school district in the in the pittsburgh city school district uh, white or black i don't want my kids going there and this is exactly what school choice is for right absolutely
2: uh pastor joe green he's a uh, he is the capital ministry pastor for the uh pennsylvania legislature he's a black pastor he's from uh the northern part uh, a pretty rough part of harrisburg city and he has spoken out along with justice allen and uh, uh a number of others against this stuff and i'll tell you there's some great resources uh david barton uh has some great resources on this he's actually got the documents from uh, where it was black slave owners, I don't know if you knew about it, but indentured servitude—that uh, that whole sixteen nineteen project—garbage. Sure, uh, it was uh, that boatload of uh, people that were slaves that were dropped off there. They couldn't sell them because it was against the law. They couldn't sell them, and they said, "You can be indentured like us, and we just work off. And when you do your seven years, then you get uh, you get your." Uh, 40 acres of land, or however much it was, they did that. And there's one of them that actually started bringing indentures over from Africa. And he got this. This guy was such a sloth, one of them, that he went to the court and asked to have this guy made a slave for life because he'd never get his money out of him. And that was actually the beginning of uh, uh, chattel slavery here in the United States. We didn't even have it in america up until that point and there's so much history that we are not being taught and david barton actually has it's neat he's got the court decisions he's got the the original uh documents on some of these like uh uh slave uh slave ownership papers and stuff like that it's it's amazing what he's managed to collect
1: i've seen that yeah well i'm out of time uh senator chris Dush. hope to have you on again but we'll see where this goes but uh it was close but no cigar at this point i hope we uh at some point see school choice
2: yeah me too Uh, get those parents out there keep sounding that from
1: thanks senator
2: talk to you soon
0: are news. I'm John Scott. Russian fighter jets have flown dangerously close to several U.S. drone aircraft over Syria.
7: The encounter set off flares and forced
8: the MQ-9 Reapers to take evasive maneuvers, according to the U.S. Air Force. U.S. Air Force's Central released a video showing a Russian Su-35 fighter closing in on a Reaper. The video later showed a number of the so-called parachute flares moving into the drone's flight path. The flares are attached to parachutes. One U.S. Air force commander said three of the drones were operating over syria on a mission against
7: the islamic state group he called russia's move unprofessional behavior i'm karen chamas
0: the president of belarus says the mercenary leader who led a short-lived mutiny against the kremlin is in russia but the kremlin refusing to comment on yevgeny Prigozhin's whereabouts this is srn news
7: Let's face it, talking about life insurance is never easy. But after we watched a close friend lose her husband with no insurance, we decided that wasn't going to happen to our family.
2: Yeah, but shopping for life insurance can be almost as difficult as talking about it.
7: But then we heard about Ethos Life Insurance. They're a new kind of life insurance built for people on a busy schedule who don't have time for unnecessary doctor's visits, fine print, or hidden fees. You know, who want to keep it simple.
0: I couldn't believe how easy it was. We answered a few basic questions and within minutes we had an estimate of what it would cost and what sort of policy made sense for us.
7: I never imagined a life insurance could be so affordable.
2: And accessible.
7: The peace of mind knowing that our future is secure, it just removes a lot of the fear around getting older and... Yeah, the unexpected. I'm glad we talked about it.
0: I'm glad we went with ethoslife.com. Go to ethoslife.com now for your free estimate. That's E-T-H-O-S
3: life.com. Ethoslife.com.
8: Brandon Dam has lost trust.
3: I do not have confidence that this particular indictment, none of them to be honest, Are dunning the faith. I I don't have the confidence that they are not attempting to use political leverage to attack an opponent.
0: The Officer Tatum show. Weeknights at 7 on AM twelve fifty. The answer. Guys, if hair loss has been taking a toll on your confidence, it's time to take it back. With the Calisum Advanced Hair System from Chill to Perfection in Oakmont. Clinically tested to regrow hair naturally, safely, and effectively. With results as early as six weeks, without drugs or side effects. Your personalized weekly treatment plan can be easily applied at the clinic or in the comfort of your own home. What do you have to lose? Visit Chill to Perfection PGH.com for your free consultation today. Your results are their business. At Chill to Perfection PGH.com.
6: When you have errands to run, do you like to run all over town or do you try to make as few stops as possible? It's nice when you can get everything in one place, isn't it? This is Beth Andrews from Networth Advisors. I believe the same is true for retirement planning. You shouldn't have to go to one place for tax planning, another for estate planning, and another for retirement income planning. That's why Networth Advisors was started. I wanted to build a company that could help families with all aspects of their retirement planning. We're more than just convenient. We're knowledgeable and experienced. To set up a meeting with the NetWorth Advisors team to talk about your retirement, call 800 426 1428. That's 800 426 1428. One stop for a wealth of retirement solutions. NetWorth Advisors, 800 426 1428
5: firm offers insurance services but does not provide legal advice. Net Advisors, LLC, is a registered investment advisor.
0: AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh. W223CS, Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250. The Answer. Weather.
5: We'll see considerable clouds for tonight. It'll be humid with a thunderstorm in parts of the area. Tonight's low, 68. Humid tomorrow with variable cloudiness. Tomorrow's high, 80. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a low of 60. Saturday, times of clouds and sun with a thunderstorm in spots of the afternoon. We'll see a high Saturday of 81. Sunday, cloudy, cooler, couple of showers and a thunderstorm, high 74. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
0: This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
1: Well, uh, well, we're all being distracted by who's being uh, bribed and who's bribing the big guy and why and with how much and who left a bag of cocaine at the White House and other things. Joe Biden is actually campaigning again. He's going to actually try it for four more years. And he's still doing a really nice job of destroying the country while he's in there. We're still paying for his plan to destroy the American energy industry. Larry Barrens is a spokesperson for Power of the Future. He's written a handy book about it. It's called Sabotage, How Joe Biden surrendered American surrendered, I should say, American energy independence. And he joins us now. Larry, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. Oh, always great to talk with you. So would it be fair to say, Larry, that uh, destroying our energy independence was kind of Joe's first priority?
8: It was, John. It was on day one. You know, he walked in with a pin and executive orders. He canceled the Keystone XL pipeline, which was important infrastructure for us. And he also, people don't really talk about it a whole lot. He put a moratorium for a little while while they could examine the program on all federal lands. And that really, really put a hit on all types of development in the United States and folks have to understand. And I think they do, you know, when we talk about someone developing uh, oil or natural gas, it's not just a decision you make overnight. It takes a lot of effort, money, planning, infrastructure to get that barrel of oil to where it needs to be. And when someone throws a wrench in it, like Joe Biden did, it takes a while to get back up off the ground and we're still not there.
1: But, Based on what he did and what we know and what we knew before he did it and, and the results and everything, um, is it even possible that he would not be looking to have happen exactly what has happened?
8: Yeah, I think if you ask them, they're they're genuinely shocked at, at what happened. I mean, they won't express that, right? They'll talk about transitions and so forth. But I think they genuinely felt that, hey, this is going to work, and we're just going to flip the switch, and everything's going to be okay. And it really, what they found out, and what Americans have found out, is that energy is foundational to our country. It is it's something where if you throw a switch on one side, it means that you know we're all paying more for groceries. It means that we have the highest inflation in a generation. Things that You know, go beyond just the price of gas at the pump. And that's, you know, that's why I put it in the book, because he's done so much against American energy production. I found it, you know, I monitor it watch it. I found myself having a hard time keeping track because there's just been so much one action after another after another. I call it an avalanche of incompetence that has delivered us to this spot.
1: We'll get to some of those uh, items in a minute. But uh, Joe Biden used to sell himself as a moderate. I don't know if he ever really was one, but but what happened?
8: You know, I, I wonder that too, and I think that was really the media selling him as a moderate, because I took a look at, back at his, you know, early Senate career, and folks have to remember that Joe Biden came into the Senate about the same time that we started celebrating Earth Day. And so there was, you know, rankings then from environmental groups, and they gave Joe Biden higher marks than the guy who created Earth Day. That tells you just how far out there. Joe Biden has been for a long, long time. And now, you know, he has the keys to the castle, as it were. And we're finding out there's all kinds of substances in the castle these days. But what he has done is taken our energy independence, something that Republicans and Democrats used to agree on that and lament that we didn't have because we depend on the Middle East. And he's thrown it out the door. I mean, he's begged Saudi Arabia for more oil. He's begged Venezuela for more oil. And all the while suppressing um, production here in the United States. And, you know, we're we're lucky the prices aren't as high as last year. But, you know, Joe Biden loves to take credit for that. But we're still paying so much more than we were uh, even just four or five years ago that it's really hurting uh, um, middle class and working Americans right where it hurts.
1: Yeah, how have we – this is kind of off to the side here – but how have we avoided uh, $4 a gallon gas, which I think most people were predicting at this point?
8: Yeah, it's a great – It's a great question. I'll tell you why. It's one of his follies. He has let out a bunch of oil from our Strategic Petroleum Reserve because he learned in 2021 when we found the highest gas prices in the history of the United States that's when his approval rating started going underwater. Joe Biden was above fifty percent until August of 2021, when really the gas prices started to really hurt, and he hasn't, you know, been above uh, that fifty percent mark. Then he now struggles around the forty percent mark, and so he let it out of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. But the sad news is, those barrels of oils are running out. Even though Joe Biden counts them as production, it's not new production. It's just oil he's put into the market for what you know he's using as a strategic political. Reserve.
1: So he's counting on being able to uh, keep afloat until November of 24 with, with, yeah, with he, the strategic I mean, oil.
8: Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe so, and and not necessarily strategic oil, but uh, all kinds of little levers that he's going to try to do to to keep things reasonable, and that's something that you know Americans need to consider as they look to 2024. This is what Joe Biden did in his first two years, uh, in his first term. If you give him another term where he'll never run for another office again, where he will never be accountable again to what is going on, imagine what he'll do there. I mean, we've seen the results of him. Just just kind of half-heartedly going after it and the results have been terrible imagine what happens when he feels that you know he's got the stamp of approval from the american public about all the terrible things he's done to our energy industry
1: we're talking to larry barons of power of the future he's written a book called sabotage how joe biden surrendered american energy independence um so uh, your book is a collection of essays you've written about his biggest failures uh where would you like to start what is is your one well, you can call his biggest
8: you know i i think probably the biggest in, and and you know i'll I'll be up front uh it didn't quite make it in the book but one of his biggest is his just you know they call it rhetorical leadership it's the way that he talks about things the way he acts about things um and probably the right there next to it is how he has used just every nook and cranny of the executive office, of the bureaucracy, to go after the energy industry. You know, most Americans probably wouldn't have been able to name who the Secretary of Interior was until we had one that took off So much production of the land. Most Americans probably wouldn't be able to name the uh, Secretary of Transportation. We had one that couldn't get planes to fly on time and decided to tell everyone the answer to problems was buying an EV. You know, he has used every facet of his administration to go after this singular industry in the name of an agenda that when they do the same things that he wants to do right now. It hasn't worked anywhere else in the world. And so I know I don't say it eloquently, but we know. I mean, we've seen Germany try this. We've seen California try it, and the results are terrible. It is high-priced, intermittent energy, and it is not what built America, and that is what Joe Biden is messing with. And so I know that's a very long-winded way of saying it, but just his words uh, combined with his terrible actions, his words have just really, I think, uh, disheartened America's energy industry to the degree where they feel demonized, whereas these are the folks that, you know, right now are keeping us cool during record temperatures. They keep the cars running. Our society is literally built upon their products, and Joe Biden can only demonize them.
1: And he's a big fan of electric vehicles. And um, there's, there's more evidence every day that um, that's not going as well as they um, either predicted or planned or
8: both? Yeah, it's a great point, John. He is a big fan, but not, not too big because he doesn't get driven around in one himself,
1: right? Right, right? I
8: mean, somebody needs to point out that the Department of Energy, Department of Transportation, all those folks get driven around in gas guzzling SUVs, and that's more than their prerogative if they want to be driven around in that. However, they then don't have the right to tell me what I have to drive around in. And, you know, it's really interesting. This Congress could make a point that say, you know what? You guys are demanding Americans drive around in these. We're going to pass a bill that requires all Department of Energy employees to drive only EVs for official travel, only use those solar and wind-powered planes when you're going across the United States, and see how quickly their green agenda falls.
1: Uh, uh, we have the word sabotage in the title of your book, That would uh, seem to indicate that you think this was a detailed plan, that, you know, sabotage suggests that there was a bunch of people working on this and they saw it coming and this was the plan all along.
8: Yeah, that's because it was. You know, Joe Biden hinted at it when he was running for president. He said, you know, no more coal. He's done that. He's closing down coal plants left and right. No more fossil fuels, no more drilling. He's done all these things. And we have to really look at it and and be honest. If you wanted to implement the Green New Deal, but not pass the Green New Deal through Congress, you would do exactly what Joe Biden has done. You would put these mandates and these rules and these executive orders that reach into our lives. I mean, just count the appliances he's come after in the last six months alone, our air conditioners, our gas stoves, our gas furnace, our gas powered cars, our gas powered lawnmower equipment. These are all things that Joe Biden and the left al- uh, allies have targeted in our homes in just the last six months and so absolutely it was coordinated and planned and when you talk to his energy secretary who says we have hundreds of rules ready to go yeah someone's writing all these rules and they're not doing it with our best interest in mind
1: um how much of this has he tried to keep secret or to do in secret you know not necessarily the yeah the, the um the product of his work but the process
8: Such such a great question, John. You know, uh, people don't know, but there is a whole secret climate department that is run in the Joe Biden administration. It is run by John Kerry. He is a climate envoy, a position that never existed before Joe Biden uh, took over. John Kerry will not disclose How many people work in that office? He won't disclose their emails, who they're working with when they put together policies as he jets around and signs agreements that, uh, you know, inhibit the United States. I mean, do you remember when they wanted climate reparations just a year ago? Well, that was John Kerry pushing that. And so he has this whole secret office in the State Department that is, you know, as far as we can tell, unaccountable to Congress. They're not calling John Kerry before for hearings, Uh, unaccountable to the public because we don't get to see who they're talking to or what they're talking about. And the consequences, however, are very real because you have to wonder if these are the guys really pushing the buttons behind the scene the Biden administration.
1: Solyndra, Solyndra, I guess it is, Solyndra, is one of uh, his biggest hits. What happened there?
8: Well, you know, folks, and, and this is pertinent right now. Uh, folks might not remember, but way back in 2019, Joe Biden was vice president, and we passed the stimulus bill. The economy was hurting, and Washington decided to pass a stimulus bill. And in that stimulus bill was $90 billion, $90 billion to usher in the green future that uh, President Obama then promised we were going to have. And who's the guy he put in charge of it? Well, he put Joe Biden in charge of that $90 billion. And what did Joe Biden do? Well, he gave half a billion of those dollars to a little-known solar company out of California that then within less than a year went defunct and took our taxpayer dollars with it. And so it was $90 billion to usher in this green era, and your point's exactly right, John. Here we are, many years later, they're still pushing the same things. We need more solar, we need more wind, we need more Chinese products, we need more EVs, and all these things that they promised were just around the corner in 2009. So what has Joe Biden done in this year? Within the last year, he's passed $369 billion To do the exact same thing, it's going to usher in this green climate uh, utopia because we're able to change weather just by spending money in Washington, and that is what he's going to do. You know, it's it's a situation where we've seen the coach of the losing team. We know what that coach does, and for some reason, we're expanding his payroll, and we know it's just going to lead to more failure.
1: Yeah, I I saw recently uh, a really interesting story. I meant to save it, and I don't know what I did with it actually. But I'm going to try to find it again, but. Um, it was about uh, wind power and what they're going to do with all those really big, ugly, hideous blades that they all have. They'd only last for like 20 years, and there's no place to put them where they're, where they're, where they're going to disappear. They're always going to be somewhere in the earth.
8: Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, last I checked, and, and admittedly I haven't checked in a while, there was one landfill in the entire United States that would take those blades. And it was in Wyoming. And so if those blades, which have a shelf life of about 20 years, once they're done, they're not recyclable, you have to take them off to be buried in this landfill in Wyoming. And no one talks about that, the, the geographic footprint these energy quote-unquote solutions joe biden wants for us i mean imagine the field of solar panels you need to generate the power of one natural gas plant imagine the fields and the miles of wind or miles of land or sea you need to take up for windmills when a coal-fired power plant was making all the difference right there and it was you know in a rural area providing power and the people there were happy to work and provide power for their neighbors and joe biden just couldn't stand that and you you know when he was running for president. Remember what he told them. He said, "If you lose your job, just go learn to code." Well, th- now we're seeing the reality of that.
1: Yeah. I'm reading here now. I found one story about it. Uh, turbine blades span up to 260 feet and weigh an average of 36 tons. And according to NPR, of all people, more than 720,000 tons of blade material will be disposed over the next 20 years. Uh, a figure that does not include newer, taller, higher capacity turbines. Disposal of these blades, a byproduct of increasing wind generation, is becoming a growing problem. And it mentions the place in Casper, Wyoming, uh, where there's over 1,000 decommissioned wind turbine blades piling up out there. And their uh, House of Representatives recently agreed to a bill that would ban the disposal of wind turbine blades in the state. So... That sounds like uh, something to me that's going to be reapp- going to be appearing here soon as a total disaster is wind energy.
8: You're, you're absolutely right, John. That's before we even talk about the solar panels, which in some cases, in many cases, have toxic. Uh, chemicals and toxic minerals and metals that need to be uh, disposed of properly. And they have the same type of shelf life that the windmills have. And so our folks just going to pitch those off into our landfills. And keep in mind, in the, on the production end of it, you know, the country that controls uh, 90% of the metals market that goes into those solar panels and those windmills is China. And so while we had, you know, a generation plus ago, presidents lamenting, oh, we wish we didn't have to depend on Saudi Arabia for our energy. Joe Biden has decided that we should be dependent upon China for our energy future. And if Vladimir Putin has taught us anything, it's that energy is a weapon. Our adversaries will use it against us, and we need to be energy independent.
1: Um, Is much of or how much of what he's done is uh, reversible, or is it all irreversible?
8: You know, I I get asked that question a lot, and, and what I know is it's not easy. Right, and so when you take down a coal-fired plant, those workers uh, move away, and it leads to terrible consequences in the town. Tax bases are gone. Um, sadly, issues like drug abuse and domestic violence uh, start to rise, and so it is very difficult to turn something like that around. It doesn't uh, spin up as as nearly quickly as anybody would want it to do. And, and sadly, Texas found that out in December, or excuse me, in February of 2021, when they needed energy fast. And they couldn't find the workers and the equipment needed to quickly get the energy they needed. And so to answer your question, if there was a government in Washington that supported America's energy industry and that got out of the way and let them do their job, I have every faith that the American energy worker could undo what Joe Biden has done. Uh, just as quick, if not quicker, than it took him to undo it, but it's going to take a whole lot of work. But you know what it wouldn't take? It wouldn't take massive taxpayer subsidies from you or me to get it done. They would be able to do it, produce the energy we need, make it affordable for us, and give back to the communities and our tax revenue. And they wouldn't ask for a cent from Washington, unlike their green counterparts.
1: We can only hope, Larry. I appreciate you coming on the show. Mm -hmm. Larry Behrens, uh, Power of the Future. The book is sabotage how joe biden surrendered american energy independence thanks for coming on larry as always hope to talk again
8: thanks john stay cool out there
3: yes we'll try This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years, and it's commercial free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I received every night about the most important issues to read about. Pragertopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program lecture and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pragertopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager, Pragertopia Unlimited. Go to Pragertopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com.
5: Are you paying too much for term life insurance? term busters a christian-owned company can help there's a tremendous price war in the term life industry rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years for example a man age 45 non-smoker 1 million dollars of coverage 75 dollars per month level rate for 10 years or a man age 50 non-smoker can obtain five hundred thousand dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of 110 dollars level rate for 20 years that's right guaranteed level rate for 20 years if you're a smoker we have great rates for you as well at term busters, we specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. If you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call today for a quote at 800-558-9940. You're probably paying more than you should. Call 800-558-9940. Remember, 800-558-9940. Sample rate quotes based on preferred non-smoker underwriting. Exam required to qualify. That number for Term Busters, Christian owned and operated, is 800-558-9940.
7: My son Finn was born with congenital heart disease. He ended- ended up spending about the first eight months of his life in the hospital. During that time, he endured 10 surgeries, including an open-heart surgery. Starlight Children's Foundation has played an important role in my family's life. For five weeks when he was a baby, Finn lived in a Starlight Hero wagon. You could not understand the pure joy of having him go from a hospital bed into his favorite red wagon. Starlight doesn't just give items that hospitalized kids can use to keep themselves happy, but also memories, moments, and experiences which are so needed in times like these. They allow sick kids to just be kids for a little while. The support that Starlight provides to families like mine is an integral part to creating happiness at a time when there's very little to be found. Learn more about how Starlight Children's Foundation brightens the lives of sick kids by visiting starlight.org today.
1: The John Steigerwald Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we started the show with a segment uh, talk with a senator talking about the uh, fact that uh, uh, Governor Josh Shapiro has uh, reneged on his promise to uh, institute school choice in Pennsylvania. And I got a chance to mention this a little bit before, uh, while we had uh, Senator uh, Dush on. But I just want to let you know that the, the program apparently is Uh, First of all, they're going to indoctrinate teachers before they're allowed to teach in Pennsylvania schools. This is according to the Pittsburgh Public Schools um, website. According to the Washington Free Beacon, uh, Governor Josh Shapiro released guidelines last year that require educators to, quote, recognize the inequities and institutional biases of schools before they can become licensed to teach. The teacher training includes a webinar that accuses, quote, middle-to-upper-class white, heteronormative, Judeo-Christian, able-bodied, English-speaking men of being complicit in promoting whiteness, which the training the training calls a place of advantage, privilege, or domination that shapes, quote, institutions, policies, and relations, social relations. That's what you got going on in the Pittsburgh schools, and they are fighting against you having the ability to get your kid out of them.
0: John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand, the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency. Knew all the government's